Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a Week 7 edition of Rams All Access. I'm J.B. Long with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. Before we get to Monday Night Football and a showdown with the 5-1 and one Chicago Bears, let's close the book on that uh, Week 6 loss, Sunday Night Football at San Francisco. You've both had a chance to now kind of watch the film and, and rehash what was a disappointing missed opportunity. Closing thoughts on San Francisco? I think that's what it was, was just missed opportunities and throughout the course of that game. Uh, some missed throws. Uh, defensively, just not very sound. And I, I want to go back to this. Um, really, what I feel like what changed that the the dynamic of the game was early, but it was when Debo Samuel. Everyone thought he was down, and he gets up and he runs for what twenty five, thirty more yards after that. Um, that kind of just that that was the game. It just was like they were stuck in quicksand. It was like you know you're always supposed to make sure the guy's down. Right, I know you don't want yeah. to get a penalty, but you're supposed to hold on to them or something until you hear the whistle blow. Um, and it's just, just little things like that throughout the course of the game that I think, you know, it just happened. And so, you know, the Rams just have to get back to business, and you, you, it doesn't get any easier in this league. And this schedule doesn't get any easier. DeMarco and I have already talked uh, earlier this morning. As you look back, the question, was it alignment, assignment, or tackling? The answer was yes. <laughs> All the above. Yeah, I, I, I hosed down the driveway on that game. I did. I watched it, and – it just makes you, you know, more and more mad when you watch it defensively. You couldn't get lined up. You, you, assignment error, a bust. And, I mean, the 49ers are good. Don't get me wrong. But you you definitely help them. And offensively, when you're when Jared Goff and the bunch are only on the field, what, less than two and a half minutes for an entire quarter? Yeah. How know. in the world, even when you're playing bad or when you're playing great, how in the world are you supposed to defend that? So, mm. Both units had their issues, or all three units had their issues. Mm-hmm. So midweek, how are we? Like, like where are we as a four and two uh, broadcasting group for the Los Angeles Rams with two games before the bye? You've got five and one Chicago, and then Miami making a quarterback change. They're going to be coming off their bye when the Rams go to South Beach. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But is your confidence rattled in this group? Do you still think there's unrealized upside? No, I I I, per, I personally believe that the Niners have the perfect game plan against Aaron Donald. Period, and that kind of With all that toss crack stuff, the toss crack, getting the ball out, the moving, the shifting, quick game, play action pass, three guys. They, they literally game plan offensively and defensively for Aaron Donald. It was like, all right, we're gonna get the ball, we're gonna wear him out, run the ball, and then defensively, we're gonna get these opportunities, we're gonna get him off the field, and then we're gonna go back to our game plan. And we know that. The Rams and every team feeds off of your best player. If your best player makes a play, guess what? Everyone gets excited. Guys start playing better. and how it goes. And they literally just took them out. Now, you play them twice a year. You know this team. You know how to go. You know how to, like, you just know this team better than the Bears would. And I think uh, coming into this week, the Bears have their issues uh, offensively. And so maybe this may be another week where Aaron Donald gets back going and can get that energy up. Because guess what? The Bears have a guy on the other side. Hmm. That that team feeds feeds off of as well. That's how they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Khalil Mack had three sacks, right, and they were able to beat the Buccaneers because of that energy that he brought. So it's going to be a great game, but I, I just don't see the Rams coming out and, and playing the way they played uh, last week, like last week. We've seen this team the last couple of years. Once on a uh, frozen Sunday night, Lakeside in Chicago, and then at the Coliseum again last year. And I want to talk. Both of you start staring at me. See, well, yeah, <laughs> well, you were bundled up down there. Bundled up. I couldn't was believe Hoff it down there. I, wow, he was upstairs too. The Freezing. hawk, the hawk came upstairs Ooh, too. Okay. It, but I think that was the only time in our years working together where, by the time 
We got downstairs and on the bus. Demarco was already out. He was <laughs> out cold. He was. It was. It, he had all. He burned all his energy all out the there. Yep, yeah, he was done. I don't think he even touched the pregame meal. He just got on the bus, Whoa. defrosted, and fell asleep. And we didn't. Yeah. We didn't hear from him again until we landed in Los Angeles. It was rough, but I mean, the, the Bears themselves made that game tough. They're they're just a tough out for this football team. Some teams just have your number. You know. I mean, look. I, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals defensively even with Buda Baker, are going to ever dominate Sean McVay's offense. No. That's just, they're built to, to beat you. But Chicago is built to really stuff what you do. Yeah. To really make it hard on you. So And they have. So even if you do win, it won't be pretty. It, it never will be against Chicago. So the last two years, I think 23 points scored combined, which is like well below the Rams per game average. Do you think it will take 23 or more? to win this week seven monday night football game I, I think really i think uh you can win this game with under 20 points so you think it's another grudge match oh, yes. kind of 2019 yeah. game at the coliseum which if you remember like they had just come back from pittsburgh right their offensive line destroyed you know their identity totally in disarray robert woods inactive a no-go and and I love that game for a lot of reasons. One, because they just totally bought in in all three phases. Like, they were willing to run it, punt it away. Johnny Munt was introduced to our audience, right? Like, they became more multiple. And and they totally committed to their running game. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind's eye, there were, like, some seeds of who the Rams have become in December and then again this year in that win. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was the tipping point where it was like, whether or not we want to go in this direction, this might be this what's what best yeah. for our group. And that remind yeah. that that reminded me of what the New England Patriots do each week in and week out. They mold and they transform to a different team. And and so when you do play these, and we I kind of brought up the aspect of these bigger defensive linemen, right? Where you, you sideways doesn't work against them. You got to go yep. right at them. And so. That may be the game plan this week is, hey, Johnny Munt, guess what? You're going to play fullback. You're going to have to go in here and hit these linebackers in the mouth. Mm. And we're going to go downhill, and we're going to we're gonna put more pressure on Nick Foles and that offense to have to make plays against our defense than you know the way it was with the Niners where we have to try to make plays and go against. So, I mean, each game has different um, challenges and obstacles that you have to overcome. I mean, this one is just a tough one. Like, those, those three interior dudes are just so strong and big in the middle. It's just like – how are you going to be able so to Hicks, move those guys? Hicks and Nichols in particular? Yeah. Oh, yeah, huge guys. Uh, they're maxing out the butt and gut guys. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> Roy Robertson are. Harris and then uh, someone named Robert Quinn. We know a little bit oh, about man. him He's got on one side, yeah. Khalil Mack on the other. <laughs> He's still active. When he left here, uh, the, the word is... You can't rush the passer anymore. Says who? Did in Dallas. Uh, uh, he's still doing and it. And doing it now. And yes. Dallas got him another big paycheck so in this league. So he's looking to prove something. So, I mean, I used to love watching him and Witt go at it in training camp, the one-on-ones. It was skill on skill. So uh, he gave as good as he took. So this will be a fun matchup for when he's in the game. And that's the other thing about Robert Quinn. He plays when he wants to. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, he sits out and rests. And when he's in, he is fully ready to go by the time he puts his hand down. So that's going to be a tough matchup. I didn't want to uh, get lost in the shuffle. The comment you made about like how the Niners offensively are uniquely equipped to neutralize Aaron Donald, because I, I, I think that's very evident in their game plan and their execution. Uh, we talked with Sean McVay on Monday about like where did all this toss game come from? It's like, well, if you toss opposite Aaron Donald, you've, you've cleared that problem away, right? right. And when I watch the Bears so far, that's not who they are. Like, they want Foles in the gun. 
Um, their running game, I think that Cordell Patterson's like their second leading rusher. Um, so at least in that regard, if you can get them off schedule, which I think you have a much, much better chance to do against uh, Foles and the Bears offensively, Donald may get his opportunities. Well, not only that, I, the Bears um, is so funny because when you look at it from a grand scheme of things, Matt Nagy does not want to run the ball. That's not what he, he wants to do. He wants to throw the ball. He wants to have this high-flying motion offense, and that fits right into what Aaron Donald is really good at. Um, as much as they try to run the ball, I mean, you have Cordero Patterson. He's a receiver. Like I know he played running back for the, for for New England. He helps you out in, on third downs, but they, he's a receiver. So you're not going to have him go in there and run up the middle and and do all these type of things. That, that's not his. It's not in his DNA to do no that. No fullback so, in this offense. Yeah, there's no fullback. So to me, this this fits what the the Rams defense and and more of what you see out here, right? Seattle, no real fullback, more tight end driven. Obviously, the air raid down in in Arizona, um, and so I I truly believe, and this is just me. This is this is going to be a really good game for everyone to get back on track, right? If you play well, you can get back on track in this game. Jalen Rams, you're going to lock up with Allen Robinson. That's that's your former deal. Jags again. We yeah, saw that Jag last year. Jag on Jag, right? And we saw how it went. Uh, John Johnson, you, you, you struggled a little bit. You, guess what? You got you got a young tight end or two that you're going to have to cover. Cole Komet, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Yeah. So red zone threat. Yeah. So you're going to like th- these guys are going to be challenged. Um, and this is a great. And I, DeMarco, you just correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime I had a bad game, I wanted to go against the best the next week because I want to make sure that I put my name back up there in the top. Because each week, everyone we do, everyone does rankings. But don't if I have a bad game, let me go against Ray Lewis. Let me go against right. Patrick Willis so well, I can go out there and show that I can do it. got that dead cat bounce from San Francisco. I mean, we all knew it was a dangerous cocktail going up there, given where they were in terms of the state of their roster, the implications playoff-wise of, of them potentially losing that game, and just the odds that, like, look, a team that won the NFC last year, are they going to go 0-4 at home to start no. their next season? Like, in hindsight, it just didn't add up. Doesn't mean the Rams couldn't have won that game. Doesn't mean the Rams didn't have plenty of opportunities to win that one. But now I think the shoe's kind of on the other foot. Like, I think league-wide people, if you were to say – which team right now leading a division or contending in a conference is due to be knocked down a peg? I think the Bears would be a lot of teams' first choices, even though that defense is phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. Even though Cairo Santos is the uh, special teams player of the week in the NFC, <laughs> our, our old friend Cairo Santos. And we'll get to Kai Forbath coming off the Bears practice squad to join the Rams this week. Um, but because of what you just described about them offensively, I think they're a little bit over their skis in the minds of the, the NFL think tank at 5-1. and one. They're they're not as good as their record, right? Uh, fair enough. I mean, just like I said, if you want to scare yourself, just watch their defense. Oh no, forget their offense. Not saying they just can't watch come what in they do defensively because how they stop people: drop seven, rush four. Oh my god! And they stop the run, and they do it all from from basically one personnel grouping. Yep. You know, and and they're, they're just they're, they're nails up front. They're big, strong dudes, and um, I think Patterson. He's like a bigger Tavon to me. Yeah, that's yeah. what he is. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he, he is basically a running back that's they lined up at receiver. But if you do want to go ahead and toss away from Aaron, and that's fair. That's the easiest way to get away from a dominant guy in the middle. You better have the guys to do it on the outside. Or guess what? It's a tackle for loss, and you're putting yourself in, in a position where right. Aaron Donald has a chance to rush and you. And that's, that's kind of where, I, where I'm doubting the personnel for Chicago. Like when you watch, for instance, George Kittle flatback Michael Brockers – like oh, dude. that's that's a special skill set that he has when you have use check who you know i know he's not a traditional you know sledgehammer fullback but the threat that he poses and the way he can run he's a problem yeah, yeah. and and look okay I, by the way 
when they say George Kittle is the best tight end in the game, I, I okay, you're right. Best, yeah. oh, you best didn't two-way, it? best complete tight end. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Well, when you, you can hook a Leonard Floyd to, to help score a touchdown mm-hmm. and then a play before that hits you on an 18-yard screen, you know, and everything looks the same. So how do you defend that guy? And then break you off one-on-one on fourth down and two and take it to the house. And then, like yes. you said, pancake a, a guy that's yeah. probably, you know, 40 pounds heavier than Ooh. you as well. Like, okay, fair. That, that's why when we talked about this, when you have guys like that, you have to scheme. And that's what was so – it was – so mind-boggling that you just don't put Jalen on him. That's what you brought him here for. You don't. You didn't bring him here to put him on Debo or Ken, Kendrick Bourne. You put him on. Even in the second half, where it felt like watching it live, there was more Ramsey versus Kittle, which there was. It was more Terrell Burgess, and that's kind of where I want to go next. Is it time for this rookie class to show up? Because in terms of snap count, they're not really getting their opportunities. But it's hard to see the Rams getting to where they want to go without this rookie class playing a big role. Cam Akers is a part of that too, and that's what we'll talk about next. Coming up on Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. Well, at least one notable change this week as the Rams get set to host the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. Now, this full transaction hasn't taken place yet, but they did sign Kai Forbath off the Chicago Bears practice squad because of COVID protocols. This thing has to run its course before he can get into the facility, and therefore Sam Thicken is still, as we uh, – record this show on the roster we'll get word later today and certainly on friday which direction the rams are heading but wouldn't the assumption be that as long as kai forbath checks out he'll be kicking at sofi stadium in week seven is that your assumption i I, you would have to think right i mean how long can you go i think you've gone as far as you can go with samuel sloman as your place kicker um yeah not sam ficken sorry he's with the jets samuel Sloman, sloman yes i mean if you're a head coach or anybody on that football team, you're probably getting tired of answering questions or dancing around the the problem. So, yeah, at some point you're going to have to make a switch there. I would bet it's going to be Kai Forbath. That's why you signed the guy. He's got more experience. Yeah, Southern California product, yeah. UCLA Bruin. Was- and Maurice, I, I go back to the demise of Sloman ultimately was what you identified in the preseason, that trajectory on extra points in particular, just too low for this league. Yeah. It, it, it just shoots off his foot. And and then before we even get to that, I was going to say, if you want to win, bring a Bruin in. Oh, it's really simple. Oh my God. I mean, no, you didn't just say that. <laughs> it just feels good. Boo. It feels good again. Um, no, at the end of the day, when we were watching him during training camp and, and obviously we were really focusing on the kicking competition, Sloman, his kicks were just barely skimming off guys' helmets. It was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you're getting close. And they're not really rushing. You're not getting a lot of push. And so, um, you know, and we, we saw it. And other guys had, you know, different trajectories and they were kicking higher. And, but, again, when you're the draft pick and everything is close, you know, it's not like, you know, you're way better than the guy. It's close. They're going to go with that. But it came to bite him, you know, kind of come back and bite him in the rear end a little bit. I think, you know, having – PATs blocked and like you just can't have that in this league because then guess what the Niners when you're playing the Niners instead of being down by seven you're down by eight that makes a big difference that puts a different type of pressure on you when you see that extra point that eighth point instead of that seven so let's look at the rest of the rookie class because we're approaching the midway point of this season believe it or not and I think we're all really high on a lot of these guys. I mean, the top four picks all look like future starters in this league. It hasn't exactly played out that way. The six-rounder, Jordan Fuller's made by far the biggest impact. Cam Akers last week at San Francisco, only one snap, no touches. I think collectively the top four picks, Akers, Van, Lewis, Burgess, only 22 combined reps. 
And on the one hand, I think that's a positive indicator because the Rams have been fortunate to have relatively good health. You haven't had to force these guys into opportunities they may or may not be ready for yet. But I wonder if we're approaching the point where it's it's kind of sink or swim time for some of these guys who are ready for their opportunity. Lewis would certainly be one after you, you didn't get much from the edge against San Francisco. And then also Akers. Like, I respect what Malcolm Brown does in that third down role. And this is a daunting task, this Bears defense, to plug in Akers. But when you look at Akers' skill set and why you drafted him, you also need to get his tackle breaking yards after contact ability in there to turn some of these downs and distances into chain movers well when you talk about cam Akers, i just think he you know the injury the opportunity given to daryl henderson is hard right like you know i'm not toured, don't mess with daryl yeah, daryl's your number one but 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 you you're going to keep malcolm in there because malcolm understands the protection regardless of you feel more comfortable with malcolm going in and protecting keeping you a clean pocket than than your rookie that, that's just how it is but when you get hurt and, you know, Cam starts the week one, he's going, he gets hurt week two, and then Daryl Henderson comes in and gets on a roll. Hey, brother, like, that's what this league is. Like, you can't you can't afford to get hurt in this league. But can't you – I get what you're saying about protection, right? Um, but Malcolm's being asked to catch a lot of checkdowns too. And, and there's a way to protect your quarterback by making your running back a threat out of the backfield, and I think Cam Akers poses that threat in a unique way. He, he does, but I, 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 I think it's more about protection first than threat. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, sometimes you can't go to the check. Yeah, yeah, like, no, that, that clear, and that's how they're playing. And, and when you're and when you're getting set to face a team like as you said that can create all kinds of havoc with four, I yeah. get it that this may not be the week, but it seems yeah, like we're getting close. No doubt. And um, was it uh, the Super Bowl year? Wasn't John Jonathan Franklin Myers the rookie of the year? Because there weren't a ton of rookies playing by that default. Year. Yes. By default, mm-hmm. and uh, last year we were trying to get Taylor Rapp and Henderson on the field and. Uh, they didn't play that much. So, I mean, I think at some point Cam Akers, because of the position, because Todd Gurley's not here and that position was in flux and it's going to be by committee. I'd love to see him out there. And I agree with you, man. I mean, if you are on schedule and you can have a guy like him, a combo running back that's good out of the backfield as well, that just keeps the defense off balance, especially the Chicago Bears. But Staying on schedule with whomever is behind Jared Goff, I think, is paramount first. And then let's start working guys in. On the defensive side, I think you've got Lewis as a higher priority, don't you? Man, I would love to have him out there because you don't really have that guy yet. I thought that maybe Obo, Okoronkwo, would be that guy, and he got hurt. I I think he showed the most promise of any outside backer not named Leonard Floyd that could bring a consistent pass rush. And the guy that can do it all was supposed to be Lewis. I'd love to see more than nine snaps of him, especially in a game like San Francisco, especially in a game versus Chicago. I'd love to see more than nine snaps. I wonder in terms of the mental load of taking on the 49ers, if maybe in retrospect that was too much to ask of him in his second professional game. Could be. I to mean, be thrown into the deep end against everything that the Niners are going to throw watch, at you. Watch what they did. They tried everything they could to shore up that end. They even had Morgan Fox standing up a few times. You know, trying to shore up that end because that's what they do. But that's just telling me you don't have an outside backer when you're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I would say this, you know, and it's going to sound funny because I was saying, like, play Malcolm Brown, but that's more for a Jared Goff situation. When you're talking about defense, sometimes you need to be baptized by fire. I need to go out there and make some mistakes so we can coach you up, get you, get you, you know, understanding what we're trying to do and go. Um, you, but you have to put Lewis out there because right now there's no one setting the edge. I mean, we, we there's there's no edge – Anywhere, 
right uh, right now on that opposite side. Floyd. Opposite Floyd, right? And who played so much better in the Niners game that he had before with the edge setting. So you know you have that now. It's time to get Lewis back out there. And then with the other guy, I think Burgess needs to play more. And obviously, Fuller. I think that was a big step for him. I really do against Kittle in San Francisco. Well, you're gonna need him this week. And and here's the thing: your off-ball linebackers have struggled. You know, each has had their mm-hmm. moments, but it's not the strength of your defense. And this is not Wade Phillips' defense either. This isn't necessarily your like, you know, three linebacker structure. But when you draft two safeties in, in this class and they're both like the prized possessions of training camp, we haven't seen them fully leveraged, I guess, on this defense on the field at the same time with John Johnson. This should be a great opportunity, though, because you're going against a two tight end formation. There, there right? it is. So one of those linebackers is going to come off the ball or come out of the game. You put Burgess in there. And, and, and if you are a matching defense, Oof. we are about to lock up. And that's what you have to do. Hey. Are the Rams a matching defense? Because so, here's a sore spot for our audience, too. I, I should have mentioned this sooner. When you're talking about the Bears rushing four, covering with seven, like it seems like that's who the Rams want to be defensively. They seem like reluctant blitzers, right? I know last week's game was an anomaly because of how quickly Garoppolo is playing and unloading. Um, but it seems like that's kind of where they want to get to. But I know our audience has had enough with soft zone and giving away – Right. Well, I, I think when I, when I say matching defense, you can still play zone and match coverage, right? You can still play zone and have Burgess over yeah. one of those tight ends. You can still play zone and have John Johnson down in the box and playing yeah. linebacker. Um, and if you play – and match doesn't always mean man either. You could play match zone, right, where all the guys in – the interior guys are playing match and the outside guys are playing zone. That happens a lot as well. But – at the end of the day, this league and the reason I lo- I've always loved Wade Phillips and I've, I've loved every defense that I've played against him with, it's a man-on-man defense. <laughs> it's mano mano, my friend. Look, we're going to win if you lock your guy up and if you can beat your guy to the quarterback, period, point blank. Well, that's where I, I caution those in our audience who feel this way, like, let's dial it up. Let's be more aggressive. Let's play more man. Let's well, press more. It's like, well, yeah. how'd that go on fourth and two? Like, <laughs> well, I, I, I know Kittle's not on every roster. But. I would just say this. I mean, some of that stuff was there defensively. You just got to make the play. Mm-hmm. You know, when you make contact with the receiver or running back at plus one and it ends up plus seven, that's not Staley. That's the guys on the field. Right. So you've got guys in the right spot. Finish the play. Get Debo on the ground. You 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 know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, even with, be, even yeah. between the chains, like that yeah. tr- that Trent Taylor catching conversion drove me nuts because one, you didn't get any pressure. Right. Like you got yeah. nothing in terms of push. But if you're playing deep to short and they throw short of the chains, you gotta rally up and make gotta, that play against a guy. No, you know, no disrespect to Trent Taylor, but in San Francisco, they were saying this guy's washed. This guy doesn't have it anymore, and he he picked up one of the biggest first downs of well, the game. And then they went to him in the, in the right. red zone too. Wow. But the, I think the other thing is this: it, the Rams tend to, when you watch them, and Demarco, correct me if I'm wrong, they're a breakdown defense. They're going to come up to the ball and they're going to break down and try to no like you when you're going against guys like Trent Taylor you got to come in and you got to shoot your leverage so if I have outside leverage I am unloading at his outside leg making him cut back into my help yeah. or if I have inside leverage I'm going to come in that's why you do the in and in out 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 not to just sit there and corral and tag off but well, yeah. to, to to make sure that you get him down was there any shock as to what the 49ers were telling their guys based based on how they played on no, offense no they were running through people. We are tougher than them. They're not as tough. Go to them. Hold on. Debo Samuel to yeah. end the game. He broke at least, what, six tackles yeah. to get that to seven yards? It. Yeah, like yeah. that. But from start you. to finish, from their opening drive design to the way they iced it, 
I don't think they could have drawn that up any better on no. Saturday night. Like I think that game almost to a letter went the way they wanted it to. Yeah. But I but I wouldn't put that on Staley. I would put that on the guys that were actually no, I out hear you. there. You gotta yeah. you gotta be down and ready to play or they're just gonna annihilate you. So yeah. it's it's funny you say that because in, in, in the national media you, you you there's a there's a game that's happening, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans, right? Tennessee is a smash mouth football team they're going to run down your throat they're going to do all this the funny thing is the Pittsburgh Steelers are a smash mouth defense they are going to run through you and so you have to have that mentality as a defense even though the 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 offense that you face are going to be more finesse and wide open you still defensively have to have that mindset that if you carry the ball I have to try to remove you from the football I have to try to that's the one thing and I've, I've always told people when I played defense in high school our thought process was we're our, we're defending, so we don't have the advantage of the offense. The only advantage we have is being physical right. and hitting guys, and so that's where you have to take it to that next I, level. I never thought I would say this at week seven. Are we week seven? Yes. Mm-hmm. That Jalen Ramsey is your hardest hitter. Oh yeah, he was that. He was I, that no, when he came when he came in here. But uh, there's no way a corner should be your hardest hitter. When I Ful- know he's different. When Fuller's yeah. out. When, when Fuller's, when Fuller's out, yeah. out, I would agree. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, okay, your your free your 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 uh, high range safety is your hardest hitter. Like that doesn't make sense. That's but clearly he's your 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 toughest your most violent defender i thought there would be more or maybe i thought there would be more against the niners and i hope i see more against chicago and that's kind of why i am reflecting back on 2019 and the win against the bears because more than any other game they weren't good the week before at pittsburgh they weren't good the week after against baltimore but in that moment it seemed like everyone showed up at the coliseum knowing this is how we have to be mentally. This is, we have to play downhill defensively. We have to be willing to run it three times and punt offensively. Like they just brought that disposition, and it was a winning one. And you better be ready and willing to sign up to win ugly this week. I guess is my, my overarching point. You have to be willing. I think any that's what the Niners did. To be honest with you, if you yeah. look at the Niners, were like, look, we're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to throw screens, and we're going to run this ball, and we're going to run. We're going to win this ugly. Like we don't care if it's what and. When you're trying to do like, and I, and again, I'm not saying that the Rams are, but their their style is to go out there and play action pass sideways. It, if a team is going forward, it, it's going to be hard to stop. That being said, get ready for hard play action on first down against the Bears and oh. a deep ball over the top every every day of the week. <laughs> four verts. Yes. Uh, coming Lock up next, back, it's four, it's four down territory. Anthony Heron will be our guest for the latest on the Bears. Is he buying their five and one start? Plus, I do have a thought on Jared Goff after watching that game back week six. I thought there were more positives than negatives. So why is everyone so down on JG16 after that loss to the San Francisco 49ers? You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to this week's 7 edition of Rams All Access. Maurice Jones, Drew, and DeMarco Farr will be back momentarily. I'm J.B. Long, and this is Four Down Territory, our weekly check inside opponent's territory. And great to have my good friend Anthony Heron from Chicago. Uh, He covers the Bears for the Fox affiliate there, does some great work on the radio side as well, and he is about to call a college football season on Big Ten Network as well. So former NFL defensive lineman Anthony Heron gives us some Bears flavor this week. Big Ant, it's great to have you back on the show. Are you believing the Bears are as good as their 5-1 and one record? JB, I, I think they are. I do. Uh, I don't necessarily think the 5-1 and one record overall necessarily puts the Bears in the upper echelon of the National Football League as far as just their overall execution. But defensively, from a, a strong start this season, the defense seems to be getting better and better in recent weeks. Special teams-wise, they perform well. It's largely the offense that's been the most inconsistent for them. And I, I do think 
by comparison to the top teams in the league, that's worthy of concern. But, you know, Coach Matt Nagy, he's been really trying to keep the positive energy going about the team. I get it because 5-1 and is hard to get to in the NFL. Well, they made the switch at quarterback, and at least in terms of their record, it's working. But if you were to look at kind of blind side-by-side resumes, I'm not sure the stats necessarily indicate that Nick Foles is performing better than Mitchell Trubisky has or was, but why is this offense better in Foles' hands? The ceiling is higher. I I, I think your observation is really accurate where just down by down, snap by snap, series by series, it's not – it's not an offense that's been far more consistent in the games. Nick Foles has been at QB than it was the first two and a half games when Mr. Bisky was in there. But it does have a higher ceiling because Nick Foles just processes the game at a higher level. So whatever's happening pre-snap and how that ends up being executed post-snap, what he's attempting to do, he puts the offense in more advantageous positions. And that'll be key with having to make quick decisions this week. Presumably Aaron Donald looks like Aaron Donald against the Bears offensive line. So there's that end of it. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not Nick Foles can more consistently hit open receivers downfield, like Darnell Mooney, who's missed a lot this season. And he can just be accurate on the intermediate game because that's that's still where Nick Foles has at times looked like Nick Foles. The ceiling can be really high, but the, the floor, the basement, can be pretty low for him sometimes. Anthony Heron played in the league. He covers the Bears and has for several years on the Fox affiliate there in the Chicagoland area. And this is Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Question number three. This might be the best defense in the National Football League. Where do you think the Rams offensively might be able to find an edge? There have been some times this season where the Bears' run defense has looked pretty leaky. And that's gone on throughout the year. It's begun to shore up a bit more lately as guys like Akeem Hicks, who finished the season, or didn't finish the season last year because of a gruesome elbow injury, and the same with inside linebacker Danny Trevathan, wasn't able to finish last season because of a gruesome elbow injury. Akeem Hicks, after kind of the first game, he's rounded back into form pretty quickly and looks like his old self. With Trevathan, it's taken longer, and I'd say probably the last two games, he's started to look more like the player that Bears fans have expected on the inside of the Bears' defense. So overall, if the Rams can run the ball, as some opponents have been able to find, even not consistent success, but popping some big runs here and there, then that's going to set up the play action that, that you know you know well that they love to try and facilitate there. I think overall, the Bears' defense beyond the leaky runs here and there has just turned back into a dominant outfit, especially taking the ball away. Well, let's finish with your uh, your specialty. You played on the defensive front. I know you have profound appreciation for Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. If we were to go back in time and I gave you the number one overall pick in the 2014 draft, which way would you lean selecting one of these fearsome pass rushers? Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Man, you obviously couldn't go wrong either way, but because Aaron Donald operates on the interior I think it's harder to try and game plan away from him. And that's you know, that's what you see opponents trying to do so consistently because he's got that direct path to the QB operating there on the inside. It's just harder to take him out of the game, whereas with Khalil Mack, you know, he's so good it's hard to take him out of the game too, but it's, it's more difficult to get away from a guy who operates on the inside. So if I had to pick one, I, I would slightly go with the Aaron Donald edge over Khalil Mack for just a guy who – it's just hard to stop him from wrecking the game because of the specific position he plays and how well he plays it. Way to play to your audience, Anthony. That's why we love you. (laughs) 
It's great to hear your voice. It really brightens my day. Uh, have a great college football season ahead. I'll be watching and then uh, looking forward to Monday Night Football. Bears and Rams, and I hear Bishop in the background tell him I said what's up. James Brown, you got it, my friend. I will do the same. And bringing MJD and DeMarco far back, what are your thoughts on that 2014 draft? I mean, pretty special group. It's it's one that didn't really have a dominant quarterback. You know, Carr's had a nice career. Teddy Bridgewater's uh, a starter in this league. They've they've got their wins. They've got their production. But this draft, to me, was known for just about everything except quarterbacks, top to bottom. It was so strong. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, to try to pick either Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack is tough because I never got a chance to – I played against Aaron Donald – um, never got a chance to practice with him and, and see him hand in hand like I did with, with Khalil Mack with my my seven months with the Raiders. Um, that was a joke, by the way, guys. <laughs> Just to give you a heads up. But uh, it was literally like it was probably like ten. But um, when I was with the Raiders, we we used Mack completely wrong. Like he was playing he was playing Sam linebacker and he was dropping in coverage the first four weeks. And I was I had to go. I was like, what are we doing? Like that we're not trying to win if that's what we're doing. Oh, we don't want to use him and. No, he rushes the passer. Fangio and Pagano know how to use him. Oh, no, the Raiders did after that, too. Like, they literally put him in his hand in the dirt and let him go to work. But um, I always feel like, and this is just me, any quarterback, the worst type of pressure is up the gut because you can't you can't escape it. There's no, there's no like, you could try to spin out. There's always a guy out there waiting on you. And, and that's where I think that Aaron Donald poses more of a threat. And that's just that's just my personal opinion. Um the thing with Khalil Mack, though, is it's hard to run away from him. It's hard to get away from him, right? You can try to motion and go to the other side, but he's going to chase that thing down without anyone touching well, him. To that point, DeMarco, I know you've watched a lot of the 2020 Bears. How are they using him, and what can the Rams do to neutralize Khalil Mack? They've planted him on the left side and just say, this is your this is your space, this right. is your area, dominate that area. This is why you don't see many boots getting outside. I mean, I wouldn't even call a jet sweep to that side. Really, I mean, you may lose a receiver. And when you say left side, you're talking defense, defense left, left, Rob Havenstein, Rob Havenstein, strong side. And I mean, look, he's he's just as instinctive as Jadavian Clowney, but twice as disciplined. You know what I mean? Wow. So if he decides to another go, member of that 14 class, right? If he decides to go Maverick and just explode off the football and guesses right and catches you in the helmet, you're not getting up for a while. Uh, Kalimak is just <clears throat> that uh, he's he's that dynamic. But I'll say this uh, for that. 2014 draft and I go back and I think there was still a debate as to whether you should take Aaron Donald in the draft because of his size Mm. but I think what we know now he would go number one if I were the Rams and picking number two I would I definitely wouldn't take Greg Robinson well I would take Khalil Mack and I would be happy with it so either way uh, I think the only thing that switches is those two guys go to the top of the draft but yeah I mean Khalil Mack anywhere he plays he makes an impact and I think the way the Bears play defense, it's perfect for him. He's got two space eaters in between uh, that, that just tie things up for the linebackers so they make every single play on the field. But when it becomes an obvious passing down, it's just like Aaron. It is absolute instant pressure, and you better have a plan for him or he's going to be sitting on top of your quarterback. So Jared Goff has that to look forward to, which is <laughs> nice on Monday Night Football as he and Sean McVay and the Rams offense uh, in search of a bounce-back performance. Likewise for Cooper Cup, I think we all chalk that up to an off night and, and one they wish they could have back, but you won't get the chance until uh, eight days later against the Chicago Bears. I, I just wanted to kind of override maybe what the numbers said about Jared Goff's Week 6. I think... As much as any other game this season, 
I saw signs of tremendous growth year to year from Goff. The way that he handled pressure, the way that he changed the launch point, the way that he went vertical, the way that he got past his first read. Yes, like two throws to Cooper Cup in particular, that first drive, the over route, that one hurts. And then the one down the seam, I get it. But like I like some of his throwaways. I love the way he scrambled for that key first down to set up your first touchdown drive. Like under duress, I think Jared played one of his best games. And here's another way of maybe articulating this point. If that's Jared's bad game now, if that's his new floor, I'm geeked. Right? Well, I'll say this. I think that the reason that people are so upset is because how efficient Jared was throughout, you know, the first five weeks. Yeah. Right? It was he was efficient. It was just like the ball's here and there. And it was just like and remember I told you people don't like boring. But when you get accustomed to boring, it's like, okay, I can take this if I'm gonna get this every week. And then the one week I don't get it, it's like, what happened? Like the right. like what's going on? Like oh like now if it was Josh Allen from the other hand, you expect that to happen because he's so high and low. It's so up and down with him, right? But with Jared, it's been so even killed that it just a couple missed throws, you're just like, mm. Yeah, but but that's where I love about where we are in terms of evaluating quarterback play is is we can look at that game and say, who cares about his lowest completion percentage? Right. Like, we can explain that. We can explain that because Cooper Cup dropped at least one ball that he never drops. Robert Woods could have hit the, the deep ball down the right sideline. He brings that in. That's one of the throws of the season right. for Jerry Goff. That the, the dime to Higby over the shoulder was great to start, uh, I think, the, the third quarter. Were there some misses? Yes. Better throw to Malcolm Brown on the backfield. Obviously, you hit that first throw to Cooper Cup. The whole game looks differently. I'm not saying there weren't mistakes there, um, but even the even the interception I can live with. And I guess that's I just I don't want to feel like that performance took away sucked any of the oxygen no, no, out no, of Jared no, Goff's no. season so far because it's been great. Then sit in the room and watch the film with us, and we can show you his improvement from right. from day one to now. The way he's moving in the pocket, I agree one hundred percent with you. Uh, when he's 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 dancing around pressure. Now, if I could gift him one thing from the gods, it would be a new pair of legs <laughs> because I do I do like deading the football, and I said this on Chicago radio: a lesser quarterback, and that's a blowout. I mean, really, if you start turning the ball over or you keep making mistakes with the football, the Niners are going to run you right out of the building. No question. So I love where he deads the football to live to fight another down. Let's punt. We can play defense and we'll get him stopped. Uh, but some of those situations, I wish he had the ability to scramble a little bit more. That's all. You know, that's all. I wish I can gift him a pair of legs, but I'm with you, man. I think some of the decisions he made were exemplary. They were great. Uh, there, there are signs of growth. Um, but in a tight ball game – Sometimes you got to hit them all, yeah, and you just can't. Well, hit and, them all. and that's I think that's yeah, right. I think that's your point too, MJD. Is if you're going to be that guy, if you're yeah. going to be the guy who leverages yards after catch and always put in an, on a guy's front shoulder, then then when you have the moments where you don't hit all those throws, yeah. don't be surprised when the offense bogs down because you're not going to be able to create off schedule like some of your peers. No, that's exactly what I was trying to say. It was just like I'm I'm like I told you guys, I love Jared Goff and what he is in this offense. I love that because guess what? I've played with quarterbacks that have been the complete opposite. I play with quarterbacks that have been very similar, but when they have a, it's not like one game oh, or two games. It's I've eight. seen quarterbacks quit in that situation. Right, you can tell when they quit. Exactly. Yeah. So, I understand the frustration and why it was just like, oh, he's off. But that's okay though. Like I said, like I'll take when you when when that drop is this much, or when I'm doing like an inch compared to a foot. Yeah, the the floor is the, higher. Yeah, this the year. floor is higher. Yeah. So, yeah. like I'm okay with that because I know yeah. now that you'll bounce back and you'll start to get better every Maybe game. Maybe it's his face because uh, really I don't know why people hate him. Look, there's some stuff that bad <laughs> quarterbacks do that he doesn't do. How many quarterbacks have you seen when they're struggling? They find a way to stay on the ground. Oh, I'm hurt. Help me. 
You know what I mean? Oh, that happens all the time. When does Jared stay down? No, that that scramble and going head first for that first down are the types of plays that I think since he came on against Miami yeah. as a rookie, he's sh- he's shown his willingness to, to stick his teeth in that, there, and his teammates like that. That showed me he's in tune with the game. Yeah, he exactly. gets it. I need to have this. We need to have this. I got to make it happen, and he did. Here's the point about yards after catch that I find interesting about this coming week. Cup, uh, Cup and Woods, despite a low production day in week six, they're still top five in the league in yards after catch by receivers. Guess what? Chicago's allowed less than 250 yards after catch all season. Well, that's yeah. all season. <laughs> well, that and that goes back Pagano. to when we, when we talking about when we were talking about the the Rams defense yards after catch they yeah. allow a lot. The Bears like when you catch the ball to the ground. Yep. they're so fast. Uh, Roquan Smith gets there in a blink. Oh, well, it, it helps when there's seven or eight of them out there, right? right? There's there's not a lot. Of- but they they cover the field so you can tell they were like. Um, Seattle was with their cover three. They just do it so well. Mm-hmm. They cover the field, and they know this is the funny thing. When the defensive coordinator can tell you this is what they're going to do when they see this, and then it happens. Oh, now All we need to fast. do is run the ball down. You know what I mean? Mm. And we'll get out, and we'll, we'll get them to third and long, and we'll get off the field. So, But they all tackle so well from back to front. So if you are a big yards after catch team, it's – it's imperative you break away this week. You better break some tackles. Let's go around the West before we're done here on Rams All Access. Coming up next, Seattle at Arizona and NFC West showdown. Can the Cardinals hand the Seahawks their first loss of 2020? And after beating the Rams, San Francisco goes to New England. A preview of that one as well. Plus, you may have seen the Tua news. Tagovailoa is going to make his first start against the Rams two weeks from now. And is A.B. going to Seattle? Ooh. Some NFC West rumors on the other side on 710 ESPN. Big week in the NFC West. Not only are the Rams home to 5-1 Chicago on Monday Night Football, but Seattle goes to Arizona. The Cardinals are back in the win column. Can they go get the Seahawks? Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr with me here on Rams All Access. We've also got San Francisco at New England. Let's start with the, uh, the Seahawks coming off their bye. Still perfect on the year. Is that a battle of the shortest quarterbacks in the world? Russell Wilson and, and Kyler Murray. Yeah, well, I had to throw Drew Brees. Drew Brees in there. wants in on that, but I think okay. he I think he's bigger than than both of them. Uh, yes. But Seattle, look, uh, Russell Wilson is playing outstanding ball. I think he, you know, should be the front runner for MVP. DK Metcalf. Um, they say he's he, he's on pace for a fifteen hundred yard season. I mean, that's all pro. So imagine if Russell Wilson had an all pro receiver like AB. Maurice, is that going to happen? Oh boy. <laughs> I, listen, that's what it's. That's what the the rumors are saying. This is the thing with with Seattle. Um, I just don't know. Again, I'm not a defensive coach. I'm not a coach. Period. But I just don't know. I my my first thing if I'm a D coordinator is like 14 is not running by us. If you're covering 14, play 10 yards off. We'll run someone underneath for the underneath stuff. We'll give him slants and hooks, but we're not letting him go by us. Because every week he run, he catches two or three deep routes. He for got some over reason. the top of what Minnesota most recently. You got a choice, man. Bring that safety down to help with the run, yeah, we, and we, you're going to need it because they have the extra option of Russell Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to commit that guy to the box. That's fine. And you may give up the deep ball to DK Metcalf at some point. That cornerback you're paying is going to have to go one-on-one with that thing, and you're going to have to turn it back. If not, it's a big play over the top. How odd is it to see the New England Patriots at 2-3 and three at this juncture of the season? Now they play host to the 49ers, who continue to take injuries. I mean, my goodness. They, but, may, they may go down to 2-4, to and four, though, because they're, they're struggling as well offensively. You think the Niners can ride that momentum and that win over the Rams to New England and beat Belichick? I, I believe that the Niners' defense is playing better than the Broncos' defense, mm. which held them to 12 points. Mm. I believe that 
if the Niners go in there with the same game plan of run the ball, get the ball out quick, George Kittle is going to give them a problem. In regards to you no Mostert, though. Yeah, but Mostert has been banged up for the last You like that Jamichael Hasty guy? Yeah, Jamichael Hasty fits their system. Um, I like McKinnon out of the backfield. Okay. Um, I think if you do quick game, you're, those receivers, Debo Samuel's a problem. Uh, getting the ball to him quickly, he becomes a, he's, a, he's your third runner, right? He he's, he's a running back out there. DeMarco, so, can I convince you to root for the Patriots just for three hours? Is that, is I, I don't a, hate the Patriots. Is that a switch you can I, flip? I don't okay. hate the pa- you know, I was just I was just thinking when he was talking about the uh, 49ers defense, I'd like to see what Cam does against them. Right. Because Cam is not going to sit back there. You know, and Cam is a completely different option than what Jared Goff just presented. So I think they can play keep away from Kyle Shanahan more than the Rams mm. could. So I bet I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots beat him. One week from now, we'll be sitting here talking about Tua making his first NFL start. He's already debuted. Um, but Miami made, I think, a fascinating decision. Speaking of the Patriots being two and three, like that division for the first time in forever is wide open, and they just got their third win. Fitzmagic was playing with some magic, and they sat him down. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, making the wild card this year, what means more to them in two years? Making the playoffs now or getting Tua ready for next season? Getting him 10 starts? So you like the decision. I do. I mean, you, you like it as a Rams fan. I, I just, I think you're going well, as far as you can go with Fitz. Okay. Well, forget the for, forget Miami. Like, who cares? We'll, we'll yeah. deal with that next week. How about the fact that Tua has got to make his first start against the Rams defense I, when you should have started him against the Jets? That's the problem you're having. The yeah. Jets he does conti- get the bye week to prepare. That, that doesn't that doesn't good. help you. But, and he's a lefty. <laughs> but the Rams are going to be, be seeing a left-handed rookie quarterback, and it's kind of cool that like Jared Goff made his first start against the Miami Dolphins. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one week from now, that's what we'll be talking can, about. Can I say this? Because everyone's we got 30 ex- excited about the Arizona Cardinals. I can't be excited when you win a game and have nine completions. <laughs> I'm just saying. But we know that that's not their MO. <laughs> but it was against the Cowboys. Like You you have to have more completions. You got to beat them the way that wow. you should beat them, right? Well, Doesn't that make sense or no? Don't be surprised if Nuke has nine this week himself, right? <laughs> We'll see. Okay. All right. Maurice is withholding judgment on the Cardinals. We'll see if they can take down the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks for being with us. For this edition of Rams All Access, Monday Night Football from SoFi Stadium. For DeMarco, for MJD, I'm JB Long. This is 710 ESPN.